Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Majuk, senior content creator at the Gaming Society, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. What's up, y'all? We are getting close. We are getting so close to the fantasy playoffs these weeks, weeks 13 and 14, and maybe 15. You need to win that to get into your playoffs. I'm definitely in that spot. And uh, in a couple leagues, I am in, I'm I'm um, eight and four in one league in second place, and I still am so worried about not making the playoffs because it's just you know you never feel good about it. But there's a lot of teams on my behind. I have to keep winning. What about you, Jake? I feel that pain in a couple of them. I am. On the other side of things, I'm the team on other people's behinds trying to catch up in certain leagues as well. And that's a less fun position to be in. Uh, And and it feels like that's the big divergence of like, how safe do you play it in these weeks leading up to the playoff when you're in that situation? And it makes for a lot of really interesting decisions when it comes to the lineups. Yeah, so I play in three redraft leagues. And I really, I, I love dynasty in the off season, but when it comes to in season, like the redraft leagues are what you really want to win. Like it's cool to win dynasty championships. Sure. But like, I love those redraft championships right now. I'm projected to be in the playoffs and all of them, which is fantastic. But there's one league that only allows four teams in the playoffs out of 12. Like, I feel like one third is too little. Even the NFL <laughs> is like, Hey, we're going to put 14 teams in, you know, <laughs> I feel like four to 12 is not fair. And that's the league that I'm you want to dilute winning. your league. Is that what yeah. you're saying? You want to dilute the integrity of your league like the NFL did? I, I shouldn't be A and four and sweating it out in week 13 that I'm not going to make it. This is just my issues. And I want to be babied and I just want to get in. Okay. Just want to get in. I just want to win. <laughs> Kate's, uh, Kate's first place in that league. So she doesn't have to worry as well. Anyways, I'm we- just here polishing my crown. Don't mind me. <laughs> Our goal, if you're listening, that means you st- most likely, right? If you're listening, you still have a chance to make your fantasy playoffs. So we're going to try to get you in there. You just got to make it. And then anything can happen. It's really just like the NFL where you just got to make it. And you never know which teams are going to pull through and make it to the, the Super season Bowl. starts over. Yeah. Week one of the playoffs. It's a new season. How maybe. many times have you had a stacked roster and just destroyed teams the entire year? And then you make it to the playoffs and just like some loser team beats you, you know? You could be that loser Some team. loser team. Yeah, I never get any recognition. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we do have a lot of news to get into. So let's just hop right into that. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right, first up, I don't even know if this is big news because I feel like it pops up every week with something with this guy. Lamar Jackson, though. The reason why I'm bringing it up today when normally we just ignore it because like he always plays, he left practice early due to this injury. It popped up with a quad injury, left practice early. Last week it was the hip and then the illness. I think I still think he plays, right? It doesn't seem like Lamar actually ever misses, even though he's always banged up or has those belly issues all the time, which poor dude, I get it. Belly issues suck. <laughs> but like, what what are you doing here with this quad injury, Jake? Uh, in most seasons, I would say you have to start Lamar when he plays. You know, even if he has a little bit of that Julio Jones type of tendency where, again, it's like he'll play through anything. It doesn't mean it's always going to be good. Uh, but he's out there playing. And in most seasons, I'd be like, yeah, you got to roll with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, though, this season, for fantasy purposes, has not just been a stick of dynamite throughout. I mean, he's definitely had games where it's like 
man, I, I wish I had played some of these kind of rando quarterbacks over him this week. And I don't know that this week is necessarily going to be any different from that. So I think there's options that I'd be much more willing to start over Lamar this week. Yeah, Lamar has actually scored 17 or fewer fantasy points in six of his last eight weeks. He had a nice week last week, but it was really just because the Jaguars ended up coming back and he like got that late touchdown. That's if the Jaguars kind of, you know, just kept doing their thing and they're just up 19 to 10 and that's how they won. Lamar would have had another bad game and then he gets the Broncos this week. It's not great. I, I do have a scrumptious start this week. Not going to give it away that I think I would start over Lamar. It's a little risky, but we'll get into that later. Mike Williams did not practice on Wednesday. If I had a guess, I just don't think he's going to play, right? doesn't feel Seems like Seems like his normal vibe, yeah, of just not <laughs> playing. Yeah. Kate, do you think he'll play this week? I mean, like Jake said, it seems like it's just kind of on par with – but it's a tradition. Oh, right? guys, he was healthy <laughs> last year. Leave him alone. Raheem Mostert, limited in practice. Now – I think the reason why he sat out last week was to make sure he's good to go for this game against the 49ers. He seems to be holding this like anger towards the 49ers. Oh yeah, there's there was some drama that came out. Uh, Both about... him and Jeff Wilson seem to like really want to stick it to San Francisco this week. Yeah, which is interesting. I don't think any of us knew there was like any bad vibes there, but like Raheem Mostert even brought up some interesting commentary about like the rehab process and managing injuries with that team, like, which in retrospect, honestly kind of makes sense because everybody's always injured on this team. Like it, like it, it really fits the narrative so perfectly, but they clearly have something in their little hearts saying, all right, now, I don't know if it's going to work out, right? Because the 49ers are such a good defense and the best run defense in the league. We'll talk about that later. Okay, we'll talk about that. Uh, but if you are you going to talk about one of these running backs? Of course. Okay, so then I won't get to it. David Njoku dealing with a different knee injury from last <sighs> week. Did not practice today, which is Wednesday. So that's the first day of practice. We'll see what happens. But now he has two bad knees because he had a bad knee last week and a bad ankle. They play against the Texans, which normally you don't have to pass against. So there's not normally a lot of passing yards for the opponents. And they have a new quarterback in, you know, you know. So what do you do with David Njoku? Is he playable this week if he is active, Jake? Yeah. Yeah. Because tight ends suck. Tight ends suck. He would have had, he came through with the sickest catch. Like, Probably the sickest catch by a tight end this year to win the game as well, or to, you know, make it go into overtime. Insane catch. But before that, he was doing nothing for fantasy. Well, I mean, well okay. I mean, that one game, like everybody has a bad game, especially. But the tight issue is he's too. not playing a ton. And now you add another knee injury. Like the issue is I he's, think not, he's, he's not performing poorly. He looks fine. He's just. Can't be on the field too much because he's, he's just, banged up. He's just as volatile as literally every other tight end in the NFL. Exactly. Now, I, I am still cautious about, yeah, the quarterback change being this like rises all tides kind of situation because this rusty mf or I don't know. He hasn't played football in like two years anyway. So I'm not willing to just write it off as an upgrade for everybody. But it's just it's so gross out there. I'm struggling to think of somebody that I'm like for sure is a better play than him outside of your typical guys this week. I hope nobody ever calls me a rusty mf (laughs) That's my goal in life is to avoid anybody ever calling me that. Don't do rusty mf or stuff and you won't get called a rusty mf or you're good to go. That's fine. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Moving on. Jamar Chase says he expects to suit up against the Chiefs this week. Very exciting news. We saw what he did against the Chiefs last season and it was fantastic. Uh, 266 receiving yards against them last year in the regular season game. So, I mean, there's really nothing to say. If he's active, just start him. Did you guys see he he was eating uh, hot dogs on the sideline with no condiments at all? <laughs> no. And T. Higgins dogs. absolutely <laughs> roasted him. They call him Glizzy Lizards or something. Oh, my God. That's a bad nickname. Yeah, it's like a real like there's there's a really funny clip, but they're like roasting him on the sideline 
as one would do to a hot dog. <laughs> Jake, are you a mustard or ketchup man? Uh, I'm a little bit, I'm everything as long as there's no relish or onions on that. I can get that stuff out of here, but I'll, I'll put, I'll put both. Honestly, I'll do both. I'm from Iowa, baby. You're wild. I'm a, must- yeah. I'm a mustard gal. You're kind of a kook, Jake. <laughs> nutty okay. with my hot dog preferences. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't i can't even go on from that darnell mooney out for the season i mean it doesn't really matter for We're like darnell booney yeah it doesn't really booney. matter for fantasy in terms of darnell mooney but chase claypool is also dealing with a knee injury he left the game late last week see if he plays but my question is now like justin fields was so hot and it was mostly due to the rushing, right? But he had a ton of passing touchdowns. Like, he was getting it going with his arm as well. But now, like, he already had no weapons. And then you take away Darnell Mooney and possibly Chase Claypool. And then you also add in that Justin Fields has a hurt shoulder. So will he be running as much? Hey, he plays this week. Are you just throwing him right back in? I'm nervous. Yeah. I, ha- I have to. Based on the rushing floor alone, I know you're talking about the injured Shoulder pot- potentially being a bit of a, a cutoff the Packers. to that. It could go the opposite direction, and the Packers are ter- terrible against the run, and especially yeah. running quarterbacks. So uh, I'm still putting Justin Fields in regardless. You think after they got demolished by Hertz last week on the ground, they're not going to like make sure they change that up this week heading into a matchup against Fields? I've I've written them handwritten letters every week up to this point, begging them to do that against anybody, and they don't. So I don't okay. think they're going to change that this week. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard, right? I guess it depends on your options. Yeah, stopping the run is kind of hard. But let's say your choices were Tua or Fields, because I feel like that could be a lot of people's options. Those two are two guys that you could have picked up off waivers this year. Two is against the 49ers, hard defense, mm-hmm. or fields with all the issues I just brought up. Which one are you going with? I'm fine with Tua in that situation. Tua has earned that spot. I feel like I'm not saying matchup proof, but I'm less concerned about a slightly difficult matchup with Tua. Cool. Damian Harris won't play week 13, which is Thursday night football. You weren't going to play Harris anyways, but this just like pushes Ramondre Stevenson even up higher in the rankings. So congratulations if you have him. Now, let's get into this little running back segment here with the last three bits of news. Najee Harris, he missed practice on Wednesday. They said, like, his injury is not a big deal to the oblique. We'll see if he can play this week. But let's say he doesn't go. Is it Jalen Warren, who actually he returned to practice today from the hamstring injury, or Benny Snell, who got the carries last week? It's against the Falcons. Nice matchup. Who are you going with? Please let it be Jalen Warren. I mm-hmm. I had to do the unthinkable. In fact, in the dynasty league that we're all in together, I picked up Benny Snell because I'm so desperate for anything at running back. It was the grossest thing I've done in quite a long time. I don't want to actually have to play him. So if Jalen Warren could just be out there instead, I would much prefer that. And I'm sure you two both would from a team standpoint as well. Yeah, I mean, I Benny know. Snell looked good this okay, week. Yes, that's what people are going to point out. He looked good. No, I'm, but I'm like trying his to... first game in his entire career where he could gain I, an inch. Like, no, I I'm... absolutely agree. I, I like, I'm the, I hate Benny Snell. He's my least favorite <laughs> backup running back I've ever met. I haven't even met him, but like, I do not like Benny Snell. Is <laughs> <laughs> that not an upper <laughs> That was not upper I think we should just leave that at that. <laughs> Let's uh, move on. The last two seasons, he has averaged 3.3 and 2.7. 2.7 yards per carry. It's like when this guy needs a foot, he'll get you an inch. It's just, and I think the Steelers saw that, right? So that's why Jalen Warren stole his job this offseason. The only reason Snell was getting any work last week or even active was because Warren was out. So if Warren's healthy, I think it's Warren. My issue is now they might split it because Warren's hamstring injury. So both probably will be sucky. What, what's funny here is like we're looking for the backup for the Steelers while Najee Harris has struggled all year. It's like, do we yep. really want the backup? Not especially, but at this moment in time, 
It's like Najee Harris could have been a very usable and fantasy relevant guy for yeah. this week. And so I, we're kind of forced into that situation because it's pretty grody out there. True. Christian McCaffrey did not practice on Wednesday. He's day to day with a knee injury. Kyle Shanahan said he hopes to have him this Sunday, but didn't say like, he'll be good to go. Didn't really give us anything. So we already have Elijah Mitchell out uh, for the next 68 weeks or whatever. Again, there's going to be a running back that's involved in this backfield, even if McCaffrey plays, but it's deciding between Jordan Mason or Ty Davis price, their third round pick or Tevin Coleman. Does he get back into the mix? I, I, I don't know. I, I follow this team very closely. <laughs> I, I, I'm on a 49ers podcast every week. If I had to guess, it's Jordan Mason. But Maybe. I could see Tevin Coleman being like the that. Remember legit. that big game that Tevin Coleman had out of nowhere? I think it was like week five. It was against the Panthers. We're all like, this can't possibly be happening again. And Tevin Coleman, get out of here. And he was good for exactly that one week. But watch them go back to him this week and just say, "Well, screw it. We've got this guy. Let's let's do it." He's yeah. old. We're not gonna we're not gonna bring him back next year. Let's do something with him now. Mason did get the touches last week once uh, you know the running backs got hurt, but that was because he was active due to special teams. While Ty Davis Price and Tevin Coleman weren't there. I don't know. I really don't know what to tell you. If I'm taking a shot at one, it's Mason, just because I think he has the highest upside. But I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, even Stay when... away. Hopefully you have better options. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. that I feel like that's the, the takeaway here, because even when Christian McCaffrey's been healthy, like, we've seen the rotation of Elijah Mitchell. At, like, it's not been a steady road to begin with true michael carter for the jets sprained his ankle unfortunately it was like right in the beginning of that damn game so you didn't even get any points from him if you started him but did not participate on wednesday in practice so again this is deciding between backups is it zonovan knight or ty johnson or does is james robinson back active it's a nice matchup against the Vikings, especially when it comes to receiving work for running backs against the Vikings. Which one are you going with, Jake? I'll I'll listen to the coaching staff. Coaching staff came out last week asking why James Robinson wasn't in there. He was a healthy scratch, and they basically said, we need uh, a spark in this backfield. We need somebody that Donovan Knight came in, did exactly that, looked pretty great. They actually have an incentive to not play James Robinson at this point because it was that whole conditional pick situation that they traded. If he keeps going and accumulates these yards, they'll actually have to give up uh, a bigger pick to to get him. So if Zonovan Knight looked good, I think they ride with him. Yeah, I definitely go with what Salah said. He just like loved up on night and was he basically I felt like was digging in on Robinson without doing it. He was like. He's just a one cut runner, which is kind of the staple of our scheme. He's fast. He's physical. Like he was, and he kept saying like, he's getting North and South. I don't know if that's like just hating on James Robinson. Like he's not just going, I don't know. Uh, But it does seem like he really supported him and he balled out 103 yards last week and 17 touches. So I'm going with Knight. I'm actually fine playing him this week. If Carter's out, that would be my favorite among this group. We talked about like over any of the 49ers running backup running backs or over Snell or Jalen Warren. Kate. For sure. For sure, as long as Carter's inactive. Yep. And yes. Cool. All right. I think it's time. Let's get into our scrumptious starts of the week. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. All right, Jake. Who's your first guy? not going to like it, but Cordero Patterson this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm very comfortable rolling this guy out this week. Uh, This is per the utilization report from Dwayne Farland at Fantasy Life, by the way. Uh, Cordero Patterson has registered a season-high 62% route participation and a 22% target share in Week 12. Now, it didn't end up with world-beating numbers because of that. But the signs are pointing up for him. Kyle Pitts now officially out for the season. So, boo. 
Um, but Patterson, you know, when he's eclipsed 50% route participation, he's been fantastic. And he's done that seven games over the last two seasons. Of course, he hasn't played all of those. But in those, he's averaging about 16 fantasy points. I expect that to happen something close to it this week. The Steelers are middle of the road uh, against running backs. They've certainly had their moments where they've, uh, you know, stuffed guys. But Patterson has that receiving volume, which is really what I'm relying on here. I'm not worried about him picking up 100 yards on the ground. I'm worried about how many targets he's going to get. And as the main focal point, in this offense, really the only successful part of this offense, truly right now, uh, I do expect him to see heavy enough usage that he should be, you know, that mid-range RB2 kind of by default. It's also been nice, at least, that we've gotten some clarity in the backfield. Caleb Huntley not being a thing has really helped clarify this. So it's Patterson and Tyler Algier, uh, but I much prefer the upside of Patterson this week. Would you go with Patterson or is that of a night? I would go with Patterson, but damn, it's close. Yeah. I think we're probably too giddy on night, right? He's like the new little weapon. He's only 21 years old. So it does make him exciting. Like, what can he be? They do, like, I think the Jets need like a young, fun back too to like carry them in the playoffs if they make it. So I, I'm just kind of excited about him. Patterson is definitely the safer play, though, to get you like eight points, right? Yeah, I think I, I'm actually leaning night here. I'm probably going to be the... It's a shiny new toy. It's a shiny new <laughs> toy. But, like, I... Michelle, I said this to you last week. Like, Cordero Patterson. Um, I, I love Cordero Patterson. Remember when I couldn't say his name for the longest time? Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson. That's literally what came out of your mouth every time. It was crazy. But, like... I, I really, I like him as a running back in favorable matchups, but my question is, is this matchup as terrible as we think it is with TJ Watt back into the mix? I don't think it's as bad as it once was. I think against like even the secondary, like we had talked about throughout the entire half, first half of the season, I'm starting to uh lean away from that a little bit because Jonathan I, Taylor was getting like eight yards of carry though they he's just Jonathan because, he is Jonathan yeah, Taylor I know now. but the Falcons are a really good run offense they're a good they're a good run offense but you also have much more dispersal like we're getting some carries for Marcus Mariota we're getting some carries for Cordero Patterson some carries for Tyler Algier that's where my can like that's great for Jonathan Taylor because A, he's Jonathan Taylor, and B, he's the star. Like, he's not sharing the work with anybody. So I'm, I, I would put a bet on this. No, we're not doing a bet on Cordero Patterson. That was way too long to even talk <laughs> about him in the first place. Kate, get into your disruptive <sighs> start of the week. Well, I'm going to start a running back against your favorite team, Jake. Uh, David Montgomery against the Packers. Load him up, baby. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm all in on David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery is like my pick for league winner, just period, uh, for a fantasy perspective. But 10 plus rush attempts in all but two games this year. He hasn't exceeded 100 rush yards since week two, which like not, you don't feel great about his upside. But Jake, you alluded, it, alluded to it prior with the matchup against the Packers. Their defense is allowing the fifth most fantasy points to the running back position this year. Third most rush yards per game. They are not good. They're, they're not a good rush defense. Allowing the fourth most yards after contact tied for the fifth fewest negative rush attempts in the league. Like there's, there's two teams in the league guys that have more than 36 rush attempts of over 10 plus rush yards in the league. One of those is the Packers. Like, Explosive runs, you got it. Uh, this team without Darnell Mooney, like we're not going to see them lean into the pass. Like this is going to be Justin Fields and David Montgomery running the ball down the Packers' throats. I like this isn't going to be Aaron Rodgers, you know, scoring points galore over here no. with his broken thumb and broken spirit. I know. Yeah, I like um, this. David Montgomery is like almost a must play again in this matchup. He is a must play, not yeah. almost. 
correction. Yeah, you beat me to yeah. this, to, to putting him in here. I was absolutely going to do that. I'm super on board with this. I have minimal hesitation if Justin Fields doesn't play, but even then, he's still going to be good enough to be very fantasy relevant. All right. My scrumptious start, who, yes, I'm considering over Lamar Jackson. It's Mike White of the Jets. I'm putting my scrumptious starts. Help. I'm putting my scrumptious starts kind of together as well. I'll, I'll still give you another one later, but it's Mike White and Garrett Wilson, both of them against the Vikings. Now, hear me out. Mike White has now put up 24 plus fantasy points in two of his three career starts that he played the full game. He has had four starts, but he got injured in the first quarter in one of them. Since week six, the Vikings are allowing 40 more passing yards per game than any other team in the league. So they are the worst pass defense by far. Like it's not even close. It's a mile gap away. And they're getting eaten alive. Mac Jones, Mac Jones, who never does anything through the air, 382 passing yards last week and multiple passing touchdowns. Mac Jones. Mike White only has one fewer pass touchdown than Zach Wilson this year. He started one game. He's played one game. (laughs) (laughs) Zach Wilson has four passing touchdowns. Mike White had three last week in his first start of the season. He has now had 300-plus pass yards and three-plus pass touchdowns in two of his four career starts. Again, he didn't even play in one of them. So really two of his three. Mike White is the only Jets quarterback to have multiple games with 300 pass yards and three pass touchdowns in the last 30 seasons. The last 30 seasons. He's the only one to do it. And I'll just throw another stat out here. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to anyways. Mike White is the third quarterback since 1950. And it's only since 1950 because we don't have the data from the 20s to the 40s. So really NFL history. To win multiple games and throw three-plus pass touchdowns and 300-plus pass yards in each of his, sorry, in multiple games and his first five career starts. Dude has only started four games and really only played three of them. The other two quarterbacks to do it were Patrick Mahomes and Kurt Warner. Those are the only two other guys to do what Mike White has done in his first four career starts. It's been fantastic for him. I think he's going to keep it up against this defense. I really do. And I don't know. I get Lamar Jackson and the upside and like, I I get how scary it is to bench Lamar Jackson for Mike White. But at the same time, Lamar Jackson has scored 24 fantasy points in just one of his last like 10 games. And Mike White has done that in two of his three games. You know, it's wild. It's wild. wild. It's wild. But anyways, I'm playing him pretty much over like everyone that's not elite. So obviously I'm starting Mahomes and Hertz and Allen and Burrow and Herbert over. I'm still going to put Herbert in the elite, whatever. He has a nice matchup. I'm starting those guys over him. But then I'm for sure starting Mike White over Deshaun Watson. I hate even saying his name. Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith. Like I'm putting him in. And then, you know, Garrett Wilson's just great with any quarterback not named Zach Wilson. So play him. That is so true. And that's so, it's so much validation for all of us who have been watching Mike White really closely and just been wanting him to just excel every time he steps out there and keep Zach Wilson off the field too, uh, as a nice little side bonus. So I don't know that I could, I don't know that I could make that move. I don't think I could click the button to put Mike White over Lamar Jackson in my lineup. Or if I did, it would be switched out 19 times before kickoff before yeah. I finally landed I know. I know. I know. And it's not even like you would have actually made the decision. It would have just been like you go to switch him back and the lineup's locked. Like you, <laughs> it would have just been stuck. Like it's it's not like you truly made the decision to split one or the These other. These are the Mars finishes since week four. 13, 14, like 13 points, not QB 13, 13 points, 14 points, 16 points, 10, and then he had a 21, 17, 15, and he got the 23 last week, as I said, because he got that late touchdown because the Jaguars came back. That's a lot of bad, bad weeks. Yeah. And then he's facing, he's facing the Broncos, not an easy defense at all. He's injured. 
And not I a matchup also- where he's going to have to throw a whole bunch or like put up a lot of points on himself either. Like it's not going to be a shootout against Denver. We know that. If it's me and I'm making the decision, I'm putting in Mike White. I just feel scared to give this advice because I will feel so bad <laughs> if it ends up just <laughs> blowing up and making Do you lose. People. But all I'm saying, allow me some Mike White this week. He's probably still on waivers too, is the thing. In many I leagues. I think so. I think so. DFSO this week, if you're. If you're into that, Mike White to Garrett Wilson connection. I do like that. All right, Jake. Who's your scrumptious start of the week for your second one? This is a guy that I am absolutely starting over Lamar Jackson and doing so with a fair amount of confidence. So you would start this guy over over Uh Mike White? Yes, indeed. I'll make a a bet on it if you want. I'm talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, who is playing the Miami Dolphins this week. Uh, I don't know. Like I understood the disrespect towards Jimmy Garoppolo in times past, but I think the time has passed for that disrespect because since week eight, Jimmy is third in expected points added amongst all quarterbacks, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because every play when you already have Debo Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, George Kittle, and then you get added Christian McCaffrey, you should be doing better than the average. That should be a, a default. But it's not his fault that he has great weapons around him. He also has the fourth highest yards per attempt amongst all quarterbacks in the league. Miami, for their end, happens to be giving up the third most fantasy points to not only opposing tight ends, which means, of course, fire up George Kittle and he's a smash play and all that. But they're also giving up the third most to quarterbacks and the second fewest rushing yards. So... Whoever is back there for them, and we talked about that at the top, we don't know who their running back even is going to be. And that's fine because Jimmy is going to have to throw. We know he's going to have to throw to keep up with the Miami offense themselves. And yeah, Miami is fairly good at limiting big plays this season. So I do have to give them that credit. Don't expect one of these, you know, two yard passes from Debo Samuel to go all the way to the house. It's not going to be that kind of game. And is Jimmy Garoppolo a real life? great quarterback I don't know who cares because in the right matchups he absolutely (laughs) feasts and he did week 11 we saw it against the Cardinals when he absolutely crushed San Francisco needs him to be the guy this week they can't escape it they can't get cute with the running backs he's forcing their hand so we're going to see him actually do some things and I'm projecting him as a easy top eight play so my reason as to why I could potentially, you know, start Mike White over Lamar is because he has the same upside, right? Like he has, we've already seen it in his short career that he has the potential to put up 25 plus points in a game or even more than that. And that's why I'm like, okay, cool. I'll take that upside in this matchup. Jimmy Garoppolo, you're looking at like 18 points, and that would be a good game for Jimmy him, Jimmy right? Garoppolo just put up 33 fantasy points two weeks ago. He has the upside. He doesn't have rushing upside. I will absolutely concede that. He's got nothing. If, maybe he'll QB sneak He's a touchdown in, and that's fine. Like, he can do that. It'll be the Tom Brady type of thing. But overall, he has upside. To be fair, when I'm looking at numbers for fantasy points, it's four-point touchdowns. That's my system I have. So it doesn't – that's so – really, my numbers with Mike White are much higher, right? So he also – you know, it's probably 30 points in those games. Still, like, I get that he had that one really good game against the Cardinals. And I – It's more than – I actually expect Jimmy Garoppolo to have a really good game. I do. I just – I just can't imagine being like, yes, I'm starting Jimmy over Lamar. Has more than so one. So confidently, but not Mike White. Has more than two touchdowns in just one game this year. Talking yeah. about Jimmy? Yeah, because their run game makes up for a lot. But they're not going to have that. They cannot Mike rely on Mike White that. has three touchdowns in two or three games played in his career. We're so confident in Mike White's two <laughs> career games that he's been a great fantasy quarterback. <laughs> but also, because we could not uh, make a bet out of Cordero Patterson, there's no yeah. way we can bet Mike White. That's that's like Wait, sullying no. the name. We are betting Jimmy Garoppolo versus Mike White. We are 100% betting it. It's, it's I want the bet nobody bet wants. Cordero Patterson as well. I want both of them on the no. record. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Mike White. We are doing a shot bet for that. 100%. No, it's Just both or it's none. We have, to, we have to have a consistency here. Well, what was it? Patterson and Knight? 
yeah, Cordero well, Patterson. I'm putting, no, I'm, putting, I'm trying to make, I tried to oh, make yeah, a yeah. You, two, you two can do that because I can't it put all that. my eggs. I can't put all my eggs in the Jets offense. Like, don't make me throw up here. So, <laughs> all, right, all right, we can put Jake both on the books. Kate, you got, okay, write it down because I think we had a bet last week and I don't remember what it was. It's fine. I'm putting it on a Twitter poll okay. so we can get the public opinion. Ooh, Jake, could like you read it. back our, uh, our little pools, please? We've got Cordero Patterson versus Zonovan Knight. We have got, and I'm guessing that's half PPR we're doing for that. And then we've got Jimmy Garoppolo versus Mike White. And we're doing six point TD for that? Sure. Okay. All right. I feel good. That means I'm going to lose. Whenever I'm super (laughs) confident. (laughs) All right. Well, Kate's making those tweets that she, uh, of, of those polls right now. You can go vote on it, by the way. Put it for a couple days so when people listen, they can go uh, vote on it still. I'll say my second scrumptious start of the week. It's Keenan Allen versus the Raiders. I don't think I need to talk you into this too much, but I'll just give my reasons why I think he'll have a big game. Now, he hasn't really had a big game yet this year. He's only played in four games and really one he left so early. But in week one, he played against the Raiders for a hot second uh, for the first half. I don't even think he made it that far. Four receptions, 66 yards. So he was he was on pace to kill it in that game. Since he's come back from injury, 94 yards in week 11, 49 yards and a touchdown last week. But I think it really starts to ramp up and we start seeing more Keenan Allen type targets and him really getting going and putting up, putting up 100 yards in this game. A, Mike, I expect Mike Williams to be out again. Then you have the third week back from injury. He should be fully good to go. And the Raiders are allowing the most yards out of the slot this season. And the most touchdowns out of the slot this season. Now, earlier in the year, I would have said this is perfect for DeAndre Carter because he has run the most routes out of the slot for the Chargers this year. But that's Keenan Allen's role. And last week with Keenan Allen back, Carter only ran seven slot routes while Allen led the team by a ton. So I think this is Allen's game to just go berserk on the Raiders just because it's just the perfect matchup for him. Now I'm still playing like the top, top guys over him, but I'm going to have Allen ranked around wide receiver 11, 12. So the obvious studs, yeah, for sure over him. But then I'm playing Keenan Allen over guys like Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, like right in that range. I don't hate that. I mean, it's because it's hard to hate on Keenan Allen at this point, especially in the season. He, I, I don't feel like his upside is what it once was, unfortunately. Like, I don't see him cracking like 20 fantasy points, but he's going to get you, like, he will not tank your week. He will be a solid dude. And I think this week he will hit 20 fantasy points or get close. Mm-hmm. Last week he hit 16 because he had the touchdown. Now he's not a big touchdown scorer, but like I said, the the Raiders are giving up the most touchdowns out of the slot, the most yards. So if he's going to do it, I think this is a perfect matchup. I know it's been hard if you've rostered Keenan Allen this whole year. Like he's been pretty much unusable the entire year. And then even when he does play, he's not putting up huge performances. But I do I think this is a week it all gets paid off if you held on to him. I mean, the nice thing is that you have the upside of the matchup, but you also have the floor of the fact that he's a PPR monster. Yeah. Like, like I feel like your floor is like 12, 13 points. So he's never going to kill you. And I do think in this matchup, his ceiling is 20 plus points. Maybe like 20 is probably the ceiling for him, but still, I think it'll be a nice game. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate that at all. I, my couple of Mike Williams or Mike Williams. Wow. Throwback. Um, <laughs> my couple of Keenan Allen shares are really happy to see him in the stock. So, woop woop. All right, let's get into our biggest farty Wait fart. Wait a minute. I didn't get to the do my week. Nope, nope. It's not time for farts. Kate was it's too busy polstering. Yeah, I was that's too busy my bad. Yeah. That's my bad. I mean, this guy could be in the farty fart phase of the week. So, go ahead. No, he will not be in the farty fart fades of the week. I'm just kidding. I don't hate him. No, uh, that's a a bad way to talk about the guy who's probably going to be wide receiver seven on the week. Okay. Ridiculous. Um, Christian Kirk versus the Lions. Let's go. Suit up, baby. He is going to be a wide receiver one this week, and I'm all freaking in. Uh, Against the Lions, who are a very favorable matchup for opposing wide receivers. 
on the season, fourth most fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. 12 different receivers have had 15 or more point games in half PPR formats. That's a lot of fantasy points. And that's a lot of wide receivers. We are 12 weeks into the season. And like, sure, you're allowed bad days. Everybody's allowed a bad day, but that's a lot of bad days. Just all for my fantasy liking. Uh, But since week eight, Will Harris slot corner for the Lions has led a league high 236 pass yards in slot coverage. Christian Kirk, he leads the league in slot targets, leads league in slot yards. It's the perfect marriage of them both. Now, like, I think Christian Kirk overall has been surprising on the year. 14th in total receiving yards among wide receivers. Um, Just one of five wide receivers on the year with more than six receiving touchdowns. Like, the Jags are playing well. This is a favorable matchup. I could see plenty of points being put on the board in this game. And I think Christian Kirk's going to have, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Nine catches, um, you know, 120 yards and a score. Uh, I, I like this. I really do. It's a nice matchup. So you're saying you go Christian Kirk over, you know, the new found master of a beast, Zay Jones, yep. who Trevor Lawrence seems to love lately. I, I mean, I think like Zay Jones, also a solid play, but I think especially after a down week that we saw from Christian Kirk, you know, I, I think this is going to be, it's been pretty easy to tell which weeks are going to be Christian Kirk weeks as well. It's like, is this defense bad against the slot? Okay, those are the weeks to play him. Are they good against the slot? Okay, he's not going to beat them. He's not good enough to overcome bad matchups, but he is good enough to overcome easy ones. So it's been pretty easy to tell which ones are a go. So I'm yeah. with you here. I was just messing with you with the party part. I like Christian Kirk this week. Okay, so let's start farting. Fart. Okay. <laughs> starting to Starting to farting. All right, it's actually time to get into our biggest party fart phase of the week. Jake, who's your first guy? I'm interested in this one because I wasn't that down on him this week. Yeah, I'm farting up real good on this fella. Uh, (laughs) Isaiah Pacheco, sorry, buddy, uh, going against the Cincinnati Bengals this week. It's interesting. Uh, The Bengals just held Derrick Henry to his second lowest rushing output of the season. Just 38 yards for Derrick Henry. You don't see that very often. No touchdowns either. Uh, He was boosted himself. He had a few long receptions, kind of made up for it which is atypical for Derrick Henry, not known as the receiving back, but that's basically what salvaged his week for you. Now, Isaiah Pacheco, on the other hand, definitely not a receiving guy. He has had no usage to this point that suggests he'll be able to get that same buffer for you. Help salvage that week if he doesn't get the rushing yards because he has just two targets in his five starts this year. That is rough. That is no baseline. Now, Cincinnati, to be fair, does actually have to focus on shutting down a real legitimate quarterback (laughs) this week. Unlike last week against Ryan Tannehill, no disrespect, minimal disrespect, I guess, to Ryan Tannehill. But I still expect it to be a tough day. And it's still one of those things I'm not sold on their usage of Isaiah Pacheco. And I don't know that they are. To be fair, I mean, we've seen, again, with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being out, not that he was necessarily the biggest factor, um, but I just expected them to go whole hog. Now, last week, he did get a large number of carries, but it was a pretty inefficient day, didn't crack 70 yards, did get a touchdown. I just can't see a world where this guy is going to live up to what I think some people are hoping in this game is that fringe RB1 status, and, and I'm definitely not for that. I'm projecting him as a borderline flex guy because, again, running back is gross. We've talked about it. But, yeah, I'm going to play him over guys like Benny Snell, but I'm not going to feel good against any of those other legitimate running back options. Yeah, and we're all naming running backs here for our first fade. So I'll ask the question, which one of these three, uh, when we're done with our three arguments here, because I think it's an interesting question. But, Kate, who's your first fade of the week? Uh, It's going to be Jeff Wilson, who I talked about a little bit earlier. I know it's a revenge game, and we're all kind of amped on that super fun narrative, but not buying it, not against this 49ers defense. Uh, I feel like we talk about it every week. San Francisco is along a league low, 59 rush yards per game, two opposing running backs. That's 3.19 yards per rush attempt allowed. Like, that's 
that's gross, that is inefficient. And for a black a backfield that we assume is going to be split between him, you probably going to see Raheem Mostert get a little bit of work. Like this is not going to be a, a game where you see Jeff Wilson get enough carries to surpass the uh, you know challenge that is the inefficiency that this defense is going to put up. I'm just not not buying this matchup and I'm not buying this narrative. Bye. Yeah. My only thing I think with Jeff Wilson, if they, I, I trust that Tua and Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle will figure it out against the defense. And if they get near the goal line, like plenty of times, then I think Jeff Wilson will sneak into the end zone. One of those times. I think he's still an okay play. I'm not going to rank him high, but I think he's an okay play. My I think he's an RB two. Uh, low end RB2. RB I can feel you there. And then my fade at the running back position here is Latavius Murray at the Ravens. He's been fine, right? Very meh. But if you needed a guy in your RB2 spot, you, Do you need a guy who's alive. Yeah. He hasn't <laughs> been like entirely disappointing, but he scored more than 13 PPR points just once this season, 10 or fewer points in four of his last six games. And maybe that's all you're looking for and that's all you need, but it's very meh, right? And now you have Mike Boone back at practice. He can return from IR this week. We'll see if it happens, see if he's active, but he's back practicing. And then you have the Ravens, a super tough defense, one of the best run defenses in the NFL, allowing the fourth fewest rush yards and under four yards per carry this season to running backs. They're allowing the six fewest fantasy points per game to running backs. And Jermichael Hasty actually just last week has put up the most fantasy points against the Raiders among all running backs this season. But it's because he had the receiving touchdown. He had five receptions, 67 yards. So pretty much all of his fantasy points came through the air because he only had 28 rushing yards and 12 carries. So abysmal on the ground. He just got it done through the air. And that's not really Latavius Murray's game. He had one target last week. You know, he's had more than three targets in just one game this entire season, never more than 23 receiving yards. I'm just not feeling it with Murray. Of course, you can still play him if you're desperate for a running back, but I'm still going with Damian Pierce, who's been bad, but I like his matchup more. I'd go with him. Gus Edwards, uh, Zonovan Knight, who we brought up before, uh, if Carter's out. And then I still, I put down before, I still go with Isaiah Pacheco, over Murray what about you Jake you I know Pacheco was your biggest fate of the week but uh, what do you have put Murray if I didn't steal him from you uh I I think Murray will be good but I, I would prefer Pacheco like I don't want to start either I would prefer Pacheco over him I think I might actually prefer Jeff Wilson out yeah, of all three. Yeah, I prefer three. Jeff Wilson out of all three. Uh, still doesn't feel it doesn't feel good I don't feel confident but I think he would be my preference. I Jeff agree. Wilson definitely feels like he has the best chance at like a touchdown, a touchdown or a few. Um, I guess Pacheco he, should also get goal line work though. Right. So you expect the chiefs to have to put up points against the he Bengals, should, but so should Travis Kelsey. Like this is my thing with the Broncos Ravens game. We've seen the Ravens. Now their offense has been atrocious for two weeks. Like there was like no points getting put up. I know at the end of last game, the point total ended up being high for both teams but it was really low there against the Panthers before that what was the game like six to three or something crazy for the longest of times I could see the Broncos Ravens being like a 10 to six game and yeah how many opportunities is Murray really gonna have to get into the end zone if the Broncos even ever get into the end zone agreed agreed okay so Jeff Wilson (laughs) Chaco Murray is our lineup I would I would argue that I would take Latavius Murray if I just needed a safe guy, though. Like, he would be my first choice because I think you know exactly what you're going to get. I still go on Wilson. It's going to be garbage, but you know you're going to get garbage. <laughs> I'm going in the highest scoring matchup. Well, I guess that could be Chiefs. I, I think the Dolphins 49ers should be a good, a good game. So I'm going with that. Jake, who's your second fade of the week? 
this is an obvious one, and I don't care. I'm going to say it because uh, people need to hear it. Cortland Sutton, who's playing against the Ravens. So let's stick on that matchup here for a second. Uh, I know people still – he somehow still manages to crack the consensus top 30 this week, and I, I'm just not getting it. Maybe it's because of a perception about a safe floor with Cortland Sutton because he has had a, a decent amount of double-digit fantasy point games. And it hasn't been exciting, but he's managed to scrape it together week over week. Baltimore, though, has shut down number one receivers all season. If you want to call Cortland Sutton the number one receiver, I know it stings us who loved him on the podcast. But except for Mike Evans in week eight, who did manage 18 fantasy points, everybody else, we're talking to Stefan Diggs of the world, the Chris Olaves of the world. These guys have not produced big fantasy numbers, and Sutton is going to see a healthy number, uh, healthy amount of Marlon Humphrey, I presume, this week, who's just been dominant, kind of maybe under the radar, it feels like, Marlon Humphrey, what he's been doing this season. Uh, but back to Sutton, hasn't cracked the top 25 receivers since week four. That happens to be the only week that he did score a touchdown all season. Again, going back to how low scoring this game could likely be, yeah, I can see that. I can see this being a one-touchdown game. And am I going to rely on Sutton to get that touchdown? I'm not, because it feels like all he can do this week or this year with Russell Wilson is draw defensive penalties. That's it. That's always good for you. He has the second most yards amongst wide receivers in that end and not a whole, <laughs> el- whole hell of a lot more. So I don't see a floor here. I don't even see a path to double-digit fantasy points without a touchdown, and that's just too tough to rely on. Yeah, I'm with you. It's so hard to start Cortland Sutton right now. I'm starting all of the rookie wide receivers over him. Chris Delave, Garrett Wilson for sure, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson. Even and I'm Randy starting Zay Jones. Chicken. We were talking about oh. him before. I'm starting Zay Jones over him too. I like it. All right. I'm 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 with you there. It's I have Cortland Sutton, obviously, because uh I loved him. I'm sorry if you have him on your roster, it's probably because of me. I thought Russell Wilson wasn't going to be the worst quarterback in the world. That's my fault. <laughs> he is real bad. All right, Kate, who's your second biggest fan of the week? I'm rolling with Adam Thielen here. I'm going to pump the brakes after finally a decent game. Like, but don't buy into it. Don't don't fall for this. The uh, Adam Thielen, I'm just not. Um, I'm not at all sold what he's going to be able to do against this jet secondary Uh, seven plus targets in all but two games this season. And if you told me that ahead of this year, I would be like, all right, uh, I'm going to, you know, take a page out of Jake's book and say, Adam Thielen wide receiver one baby, but it has not panned out at all. Like that hasn't exceeded 72 receiving yards on the year. What? In the world. In a game. In a game. Sorry. <laughs> that sorry. Was, yeah. Um, sorry. I'm still recovering from the flu. So we can brain. all hear it in your voice. Sorry. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um yeah, been a super fun two weeks, guys. Sick for about two weeks and then I got the flu. So it's it's all fine. It's all fine. As long as I make the fantasy playoffs, it's fine. Um, anyway, I think we were talking about Adam Thielen. Um just not good guys it doesn't doesn't really matter how many targets he's get uh, he's getting it doesn't really matter how productive this offense is even Adam Thielen is kind of just capped out at like 75 receiving yards um just three touchdowns on the season so it's not even like he's had that upside to offset some of those concerns now he gets sauce Gardner DJ Reed like None of these guys are allowing much in coverage whatsoever. I don't like Adam Thielen's not going to be able to get separation against this defense. I can see this being a a rough, rough outing. And I'm not, I'm not looking to go back to that. Well, even after a good game, this is going to be such a fun game. I'm actually so excited for the Vikings versus the jets. The jets have been such an amazing defense. They're like number one in everything since week four. It's insane. The improvement they made. Um, it, it's just really fun to watch, but sauce Gardner versus Justin Jefferson is going to be a thing of beauty. Sauce Gardner is the best corner in man coverage. He's allowing the fewest yards per snap in man coverage. While Justin Jefferson has the most receiving yards versus man coverage this year. This is going to be insane. Like, I'm like, I'm just so excited right now. Sauce this is Gardner. the NFL part of me. Like, I'm just like so excited to see these matchups and see which one wins 
if Sauce Garner, the rookie, is able to shut down Justin Jefferson, it's going to be incredible. Obviously, as a fantasy person, I don't want that to happen. But it's just like really exciting to watch good matchups and good players together. But on the season so far, Sauce Gardner allowing a passer rating of 47.3 when targeted. That is astoundingly amazing. Uh, Like amazingly bad for if if we're putting that in the perspective of the receivers he's covering. But like just absolutely dominating as a rookie, your defensive rookie of the year. By a long shot. He's only allowed like 56 receiving yards in man coverage this year. Kind of insane. Like the total year. And I think like 30 of them were on that insane Chase Claypool catch last week. So he's pretty amazing. My last fade of the week. This one also hurts me. It's not because of the player he's falling out when on the field and healthy. But it's Travis Etienne versus the Lions. It's a lot like what I said last week. I keep hearing on podcasts and from people tweeting, oh, this is a great matchup against the Lions. No, stop. It's not a good matchup against the Lions anymore for running backs. It doesn't mean you have to sit running backs against them, but we have to stop being like this running backs against the Lions, so they're going to be amazing. That's just not true anymore. Allowing 3.7 yards per carry over the last five games have allowed just one rushing touchdown to a running back. No player has put up 10-plus PPR points against the Lions over the last five games. And it's not because they've been playing crap run offenses. They played Aaron Jones, allowed six points. Saquon Barkley allowed him five points. Again, I'm talking PPR. Like, so every reception you get a point. And they held Saquon Barkley to five points. And Aaron Jones to six. David Montgomery to five points. Devin Singletary to nine. Raheem Mostert, before Jeff Wilson was there, and we thought he was going to go off, eight points. So, like, these are all good running backs. And yet... They've all been held to under 10 points. And with Travis Etienne, we just really don't know about his foot right now. It's so weird. It's like, yeah, like he was on the sideline ready to go in. He wanted to go in. And they just said they're being cautious with him. But they really could have used him, right? It was a close game. So that was weird. Jermichael Hasty was good through the air. So they do they now use him even more as a receiving back? That would stink. I, I don't know what to do with Travis Etienne this week. I I think you still can easily play him. And unless you have really good running backs, you're still going to play him. It's just, uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And I don't think it's going to be a great week for him. So if you have other options like Ken Walker or Andre Stevenson or Tony Pollard, David Montgomery, Jamal Williams, Zeke, those are all guys I'm starting over Travis Etienne this week. My question for you, Jake, I want to know your opinion. Rashad White versus the Saints, if Leonard Fournette is back or Etienne. If Fournette is back, I'm playing ETN. I would if, I would rather still believe if Fournette plays, I would not want that part of White over ETN. But if Fournette is out, yeah, give me White. Yeah. It's against Saints, so also not an easy matchup. But he got, what, nine receptions last week for Rashad White? And there's just less risk. There's less injury-related risk with him. Yeah, that's what stunk about ETN. It was like happened right at the beginning of the game it's it's just very like even this week they're like yeah you know he's good to go like he should play but then he was limited today so it's like what is it they're like not giving us an answer and that's my biggest worry with etn do they activate daryl henderson if we see that happen at any point then we run i think from travis etn it's so hard because Travis Etienne is so good. Like I'm not even so much worried about the matchup. It's just both things combined. And like I said, you're probably still going to have to start him. It's just, I don't think he's going to have a monster game. That's all. All right. Before we close out this podcast, let's run through some lineup decisions and help you guys out. And then of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter if we don't hit those questions. So first one up, Gabe Davis versus the Patriots or Juju Smith-Schuster versus the Bengals. So this is the thing. Gabe Davis plays on Thursday night. Juju missed practice on Wednesday with an illness. But you would think an illness, you should be back. Which one are you going with? Oh, this is painful. Um, this is painful. Now, what's also Ga- nerve-wracking about answering this is that a lot of people will listen to this after Thursday's episode or after Thursday night's game. So like, they're going to know if you're wrong or not. What you know about Gabe Davis is that if he goes off, you win your week. Essentially, 
what you know also about Juju is there is inherent risk because what if for some reason he isn't good to go on Sunday? Well, now you're screwed and you're out Gabe Davis and you have to find somebody who's probably not going to match up to either. I'm going to go with Gabe Davis here. It's not like the matchup is fantastic, but it just feels like, yeah, he could absolutely have a blow-up game. So I'll take him. I also go Gabe Davis, and it kind of comes down to the fact that, like, regardless of the matchup, like, I do think that Gabe Davis is always going to have that ability to pop off. And I, I'm i going to go Gabe as well. We saw Sky Moore get more involved. Now it's because Juju was out and then played limited snaps last week. But maybe they keep getting Sky more and more involved. They kind of play the same role there in the slot. I'll go Gabe Davis just because he has such a high ceiling. So I, I'm with you guys. But it is close. I think Juju has a high ceiling as well. But yeah. just – Especially in this match, you would think the Bengals and Chiefs are going to be a high-scoring game. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I think Juju's safer to get you 10 points because Gabe Davis can get you 30 yards easily. Sure. He either gets you three receptions for 30 yards or four receptions for 150 and two touchdowns. There's no (laughs) in-between. If you're fighting for your playoff right life right now, though, you need that big swing. So I'm still going to say Gabe Davis in that situation. Yep. All right. I w- let's go between the three rookies. Christian Watson versus the Bears. Traylon Burks against the Eagles or George Pickens against the Falcons. Now, I didn't put um, Garrett Wilson in here because I think he's the obvious start, that he's a must start. Duh. So is it Watson, Pickens, or Burks? Which one are you going with this week? Uh, I'm going to be the anti-homer. Christian Watson didn't do anything until Jordan Love stepped into that game. uh, And then he had all of it on one play, essentially. I will, God, I don't love such a nice matchup. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go with Pickens. I'm going to be anti-homer so much that I'm going over to your side to be a homer. I'll say Pickens. I'm going with Watson. It's like every week we're like, oh, it can't keep happening, right? It can't keep happening. He can't keep scoring touchdowns. He can't keep having these long plays. He keeps doing it. And this matchup against the Bears is way too good to not play him. So, yeah, George Pickens and might get the most targets out of this group, and Traylon Burks has looked really good. But he has the hardest matchup out of the group. I'm going with Christian Watson. I'm gonna tie. He's pretty up. much Christian Watson is Gabe Davis, but faster. Sure. I also think he's a less talented wide receiver. Um, I don't think so. He has worse hands. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, I mean. Well, I mean, there's that's a, a crucial part of it. receiving. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah, it's kind of like the most important part. No, of there's it. a lot of important <laughs> parts. That Gabe Davis drops a lot of balls. Though, I too. mean, you can track a ball through the air. At, at, that's fine. Well, I, it, the thing with Christian Watson is like, at least last week, the ball wasn't like a thrown deep. He just brought it to the house deep. He's kind of like MBS in that way. We're tracking a ball is not really his thing. Kind of sucks since he's so fast. That would be really helpful. But I, I'm sticking with Christian Watson here out of this group. Uh, DeAndre Carter, this is getting deeper here. If you really need a guy that you could grab off your waivers this week, DeAndre Carter at the Raiders or Elijah Moore, who had two receptions, but one of them was a deep touchdown because Mike White is the GOAT. You going with Elijah Moore at the Vikings? Amazing matchup. Or DeAndre Carter at the Raiders? Another good matchup. I'm taking the even better matchup and the hope of Elijah Moore establishing himself in this offense. He was very vocal after last week's game about his involvement and wanting that to increase going forward. And it feels like they're ready to use him that way. So I'll take more. <laughs> I'll take more because he's an absolute, like, did you hear his, his whole uh, post game shtick about the ball and how he was just trying to tell the ball to be patient and that. kiss it? and just talk to the ball like it was I think the weirdest quote that I've ever read in my life and I strongly encourage you all to do it (laughs) um but he gets that edge just because of that but I mean Minnesota such great matchup and then last one we'll go to a tight end here I'm really only bringing this up to just hit on these two guys it's George Kittle versus the Dolphins or Dalton Schultz versus the Colts there's very possible you could have both on your roster right now Kittle has been so hit or miss. It's either like he has a good matchup versus tight ends or he doesn't. He does really good 
against matchups against tight ends and just disappears any other time. Dalton Schultz with Dak back has been fantastic. So which one are you going with here if you had to pick one, Jake? It's tough. I I do love and respect what Dalton Schultz has been doing, but this matchup for Kittle, I mentioned it in the part about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and they've been giving up so much to tight ends, and he seems like he's going to be the focal point in this game. So give me Kittle. I will also take Kittle. I think that there's going to be more points on the board in this game here. I could picture this uh, Dallas indie game to be sort of a low, lower scoring game on the week. I think that like they're going to have to be throwing the ball plenty. I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to just continue to grind out the clock here. So give me Kittle, give me that yak ability and let's see what yeah. you can do higher upside and also cmc's dealing with an injury Debo's dealing with an injury they kind of need kittle and this matchup's great so i think this is the kittle game and who even knows if the cowboys have to score an offensive touchdown in this game their pass rush is going to destroy the colts line and matt ryan like i i think he could fumble the ball 30 times in this game and there's just no reason to have to do anything so i'm, I'm going kittle here as well but i mean schultz is still a fine play but kittle all right that's it for today's episode hit us up on twitter if you have any other questions before sunday you can find me michelle at ball blast em, ball blast em and you can find me kate at ff ball blast you can find me at jake trowbridge with a w bye y'all bye bye